You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. You'll notice in Luke 18 and 1 that Jesus is preparing to share with his disciples, or at the time he was preparing to share with his disciples a parable. Primary thing I want you to receive in reference to a parable is that a parable is a story or narrative that reveals truth. It reveals truth. Theologically, it reveals what God's purpose is for a particular thing or a particular person. That's what truth is. And you have to put truth on the level of being theological or godly simply because of scripture like John 14 and 6 where Jesus defined himself as truth. He said in John 14 and 6, I am the way and then he said the truth. And Jesus being God in flesh, or Jesus being the Son of God, says about him that he is, in truth, God. But then, taking it further, John 17 and 17 says in part that God's word is truth. God's word is truth. So when it comes to a parable that's coming from the Son of God about truth, we have to receive in our being that if it is in fact God's truth is something that's going to change our life for the better. Because Jesus said in John eight thirty one and 32, in part, you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Being free means you're going to be better. I said being free means you're going to be better. If something can take away the bondage, something can remove the chains, it says that you're going to be better. You will know the truth, and the truth will make you free says about us that we don't have to stay blind. We don't have to stay wrapped up, tied up, and tangled up in something. And and the key to getting out of whatever has us bound is God's word. It doesn't matter what, what you're bound by, the truth can free you. How many agree with that? 
I say it, the truth can free you. And some of us, we, we say it in an adamant way because it has done it and is continuing to do it. And he gives the conclusion of the parable up front. And notice it's in verse 1. Men or people are always to pray and not lose heart. To lose heart means to faint. But a more common term means to give up. He's saying that the antithesis to, to giving up is to pray. When you think that it's over, pray. When it does not look like you want it to look, pray. When it feels in your being like it's done, pray. When folks say it ain't no way, pray. When you even mess around and utter out of your mouth, it's over, pray. Men ought always to pray and not lose heart. Men ought always to talk to God about it. Because even though you can't change it, God can change it. Even though you can't do anything about it, God can do anything, save faith. How dare you listen to what they have to say and, and agree with it before you go to the Lord in prayer. You know that ain't right because Proverbs 3 and 5 says, Trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Say to your neighbor, prayer is powerful. Oh, God say it to one more person, prayer is powerful. I don't care if it's formal prayer or you praying on your way to work. Prayer is don't give up pray don't throw in the towel pray that, that's powerful what you gonna do they say it ain't gonna work out pray what you gonna do they shutting down the plant pray what you gonna do they saying this that and the other pray men are always to pray Don't take it lightly when somebody tells you to pray about it. Don't take it lightly when somebody tells you before you tell the doctor yes or no, you need to consult God about it. Never take lightly the power of prayer. Because some of us have what we have because of prayer. Some of us are what we are because of prayer. Some of us have made it through some difficult times because of prayer. Some of us came out of the midst of heartache because of prayer. Men ought always to pray. How dare you skip a day of prayer. Say to your neighbor, don't you ever skip prayer. Skip breakfast, but don't skip prayer. Skip lunch, but don't skip prayer. Don't eat your potatoes, but you better pray. Because men ought always to pray. It takes prayer for you to get saved. 
You have to ask God to save you. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You have to pray to get saved. You can't repeat what somebody telling you to repeat and get saved. You got to ask him to save you. Prayer is so powerful to where Jesus said in Matthew 7, 7 and 8, Ask and it shall be given. Seek, you will find not and it shall be opened. For everyone that asks, it will be given. Everyone that seeks, it will be and everyone that knocks, it'll be open. Prayer is powerful. Well, I didn't have time to pray. You didn't have what? How can you not have time to pray? If you can breathe, you can pray. I said, if you can breathe, you can pray. Don't give up. Pray. Don't give up. Pray. And, and, and sometimes when, when, when you pray, initially, it looks like nothing is going to change. Oh, God, heal me. But you still feel the sickness. Oh God, move it. But when you look, it ain't been moved. Say to your neighbor, that does not mean prayer is not work. I said, that does not mean prayer is not work. And, and see, that's what the parable is about. He wanted them to understand that that despite was taking place, never give up on prayer. Because when, when you pray, you will run into disappointment. You will run into rejection. You will run into sight. You'll pray and then you'll look and it's as if prayer is powerless. You'll pray and put your hands on your head. Lord, move the headache. And you'll pray hard and then move your hand. Your head is still hurt. But you have to remember what he said in Luke 18 and 1. You got to pray and not give up. You got to pray even when it don't seem like it's going to turn things around. You got to pray even when it seems like ain't nothing happening. He wanted them to receive. The significance of prayer to the point to where he provided a parable. But wanted them to keep in mind in reference to the parable that it was about prayer. 
especially prayer as it pertains to faith. Because first and foremost, when it comes to prayer, as a child of God, we have to do it in faith. I said we have to do it in faith. Why is that? For the just shall live by faith. And we have to ask in faith. And when you ask in faith, you have to keep in mind scripture like 2 Corinthians 5 and 7. For we walk by faith and not by sight. So I'm going in here to pray. And after I have prayed, I know disappointment going to hit me in the faith. But I can't walk by what I see. I can't walk by what I'm hearing from folk. I can't walk by what the situation is trying to tell me. I have to hold on to my faith. I have to hold on to what I don't see. But what is in my heart to believe. You have to keep in mind scriptures like Hebrews 11 and 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And then goes on to tell us, by it the elders obtain a good, get this, testimony. If I can just pray, keep the faith, I'm going to have a testimony out of this. Yeah, I'm hurting right now. But if I just keep the faith and keep believing that my prayer is going to be answered, I'm going to have a testimony and I'm going to ask pastor, can I go ahead and tell it before New Year's Eve service? Say to your neighbor, I'm, I'm getting ready to have a powerful testimony. Tell him it's so powerful that I can feel it in my bones. Woo! It's going to be so awesome to where I, I ain't going to be able to wait to New Year's Eve service. I'm going to have to tell this time God manifested. And so he went on to give the parable. He, he gives two unique characters in the parable that are in contrast. Completely different from one another. He first talks about a widow. Well, he mentions the judge, but, but let me just deal with the widow first. He talks about a widow that just wanted some justice. Just wanted a person that had power, authority, get this, to avenge her of her adversary. You, you have to understand that, that she recognized that she did not have the capacity to do what she needed to be done. It's a portrait of children of God. There are certain things that we don't have the ability to do. I said there are certain things we don't have the ability to do. But we know they can be done. 
Don't ever get to the point to where you, you think because you can't do it, it can't be done. No, you, you, you're thinking crazy. Though you can't do it, does not mean it cannot be done. And, and see, the woman was single-minded in that she knew that there was only one person that could do it. Just like a child of God. We, we know that when it comes to certain things, there is only one that can do it, and his name is Jesus. There are certain situations when we recognize they are too big for us, and other folk, that though that situation or those situations are not too big for God. Jesus said it another way. He said, with men, this is impossible, but not with who? God. With God. All things. Did you hear what I just said? All are. But you have to believe. You have to have faith. And so the widow was to the point to where she, she recognized, I don't have the power to do it. But the judge does. And again, that's just like us. Yeah, I, 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 can't, I can't do it, but my God can. I mean, no God, God will put on the table, is there anything too hard for me? God is awesome. How many believe God will do what a doctor can't do? What a lawyer can't do? That's when we tell people, can't nobody but nobody but nobody do us like who? Can't nobody but nobody do us like who? But in the parable, the judge was anything but God. When Jesus starts out the parable, he just mentions a judge. But when he begins to talk after he gives his disciples the parable, he defines the judge, get this, as unjust. Said to his disciples, hear what? The what? Unjust judge said. The woman was not dealing with a just man was not dealing with a just God. The woman was dealing with an unjust judge. Very important. A primitive or archaic root for unjust is dishonest. Some of us have known some dishonest judges in our time. 
waiting for you to talk about some money before they do certain things. He was dishonest. Jesus said about the unjust judge, number one, he did not fear God. Didn't fear God. Theologically, fear is to have reverence or respect for God. Jesus said, he did, he did, he, this, this judge did not fear God. Judge didn't pray. What? Does not fear God. Probably didn't believe in prayer. Unjust. And the last or second trait he mentions about the unjust judge is that he did not regard man. I, I want you to really listen to this. He didn't have feelings for anybody. You, you ever known what, what we used to call cold-hearted folk? Man, she act like she don't even care. Cold-hearted. They said your mama such a... Oh, yeah. You don't care? It is what it is. Cold-hearted. It, it, to, to me now, is something wrong with you when you don't care about nobody? There's something wrong with that. Now, if anybody else would have used this parable and said such, I, I would have questioned it. But keep in mind, Jesus is the one giving the parable. And so he defines the judge as one that did not regard man. Didn't have any feelings for a person. How, how, how can you look at somebody? They look like they need something to eat. Look like they need this, that, and the other. But turn a deaf ear. can your child be in need of something and you not trying to do something to help your child say to your neighbor uh, you know what he's doing don't you he painted the picture do you see do you see him painting just ask your neighbor do you see him painting the picture now 
Can you imagine deacons that families come and say, look, we don't have any food and, and, and we can take you to our house. We can show you this, that, and the other. And, and they go to the house and they show them all this stuff. They got, they got a ton of evidence saying that they need food and shelter. But the deacons say, ain't nothing we can do for you. Say your neighbor, that's just cold hearted. That's the type of person we're dealing with in the text. That's the type of person we're dealing with in the text. D- Jesus is so intelligent because notice, he took it to the extreme to show us the power of prayer. I said he took it to the extreme to show us the power of prayer. Somebody so cold hearted to where they, they are not about to lose anything because of how they regard man and how they have no fear for God. So the widow went to the woman, went to the judge. Give me justice. Avenge me of my adversary. The judge said, no, I ain't going to do it. I ain't going to do that. No. Now you know that if you're going before somebody, you're going to take some papers. You're going to take some proof in order to let the judge know. Look, I'm not just coming up here just claiming something just to be claiming it. I'm coming up here letting you, this is the evidence right here, all ten pages. And if you need something further, this is also part of the evidence right here in this box. Take your time, look at all of it. Didn't matter to him. Why? Didn't have any fear of God. Nor did he regard man because he was dishonest and cold-hearted. I wonder if he even laughed, he even smiled. Because you know how cold-hearted folk is. Because see, some of us used to be cold-hearted. See, I know I'm in the house now because you wouldn't even say nothing. You're just like. Get this. Based upon the text, it does not tell us how many times she went back to the unjust judge. But the implication is that she was continual. 
she went back again and again and again and again. Keep in mind, what does that mean to us? When it comes to prayer, you may have to pray about the same thing again and again and again and again. Do not listen to folk that tell you after you done prayed about it one time, leave it alone. Because if you keep praying about it, it's like you don't have no faith. That's a lie. Real faith is constant. Real faith is repetitive. That's the reason you have folk like blind Bartimaeus when they try to tell him to stop using his faith in crying out to God. He kept saying the same thing until finally... He got Jesus' attention. That's the reason you have men of God like Elijah that continue to send his servant to look and see what was going on in the heavens when he was praying for rain. He prayed, sent his servant. Servant came back, he prayed, sent his servant again. And here, the widow is experiencing disappointment, rejection, despair. You, you know he unjust and he, he acting like he don't care. And it, it had to come across her spirit, her soul. And her soul that he don't care. What I done heard about him true. And in her flesh she had to think if not but for a moment. This is hopeless. Ain't nothing going to change. Notice I said for a moment. Because see, sometimes when you pray, you'll get a feeling to where it ain't going to turn out in your favor. How many have experienced that? Say to your neighbor, that, that's, that's normal. But it ain't true. Tell, tell, tell somebody one more time, that's normal. See, if you pray according to God's word, the Bible assures us not only does he hear us, but he's going to grant the request. Now he's not going to do it the way you want him to do it. But he's going to do it. So despite the rejection. Despite a period of despair. Despite the disappointments. She continued. She continued. And then finally. She breaks what seemingly couldn't be broke. She breaks the wheel 
of an unjust judge. Why? Because of the power of her being continual in going back and forth to him despite the rejection, despite the disappointment. See, and that's just like prayer. When you're praying in faith, you, you keep doing it despite what you see. Good God, I'm getting happy. You keep praying despite what you feel. You keep praying despite what's been put in your face. Because you know sooner or later your faith is going to cause a manifestation of what God promised. So the unjust judge said, because... This woman, by her continual coming, is making me weary. I'm going to do what she wants me to do. I'm tired of her. She won't take no for an ounce. I'm tired of her. It seemed like what I'm saying to her go in one ear and out the other because she keep coming back. Every time I think I'm done with her, here she come again. She been coming so much, I, 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 I'm weary. He gave her what he wanted or what she wanted. And, and, and I want you to notice the shift because once Jesus concludes the parable, this is the amazing thing. His focus is not on the widow that was continual. That's not his focus. Look at the parable. His focus is on what the un just judge said. Look at the parable. I know, I know you want to look at me, but don't look at me right now. Look at the parable. After he concluded the parable, what, what did he tell his disciples? Hear what the what? Unjust judge saith. See, he set them up. He said, you, you seen how heartless he was? But look at how a 360, a complete change has taken place. And, and, and this is the amazing thing. He, he goes from, from talking about how the unjust judge completely changed to talking about and shall not God do what? Avenge who? His own elect. Say to your neighbor, the, the, the parable was specifically about the elect of God. Understand this, there are certain things when it comes to prayer that, that God is only going to do for his children. 
If you're not born again, yes, when it comes to some of your prayers being answered, they are limited. But when it comes to a child of God, God looks out for his folk. That's the reason the psalmist said his ears are always open unto the cry of the righteous. That's the reason James himself said the effective fervent prayer of a righteous person availeth much. Say to your neighbor if you are a righteous person, your prayer produces much. That means whatever you go through, you have to understand that you need to take whatever the problem is to God in prayer. And when you take it to God in prayer, you have to recognize. And I'm done. Let's give the Lord a big hand of praise. Well, look at the conclusion, what Jesus said. And shall not God, what? Avenge. Who? His own elect. But look at what the elect are doing. Crying out. How? Day and night. Say to your neighbor, they have a prayer life that is constant. They are continual in prayer. That does not mean they lay on their own to 24-7, but they never allow their mind to get off God. They never allow their mind to get out of focus because they are looking to God. They are looking to Him to do what He promised because if God says a thing, He'll do it. If God proclaims a thing, He'll make it good. You know what the Bible says. God is not a man that He should lie, not the Son of man that he should repent. Has he not said it? Will he not make it good? Say to your neighbor, God is sitting at the right hand waiting for you to pray. I said God is sitting at the right hand waiting for you to pray. Bible says he makes intercession for who? The saints of God. God wants to answer your prayer. God will answer your prayer. But you can't pray and then lose hope. You can't pray and then throw in the tower. You can't pray and then forget about what you ask God to do. Why? Because the Bible tells us here, God will avenge his elect that cry out day and night. If you're not constant, that may be the reason it didn't happen. Because see, see, some of us play with prayer. Lord, I got to close it, but some of us play with it. You got to quit playing with prayer. I'm going to pray and give God to this evening. And if it don't happen this evening, I got to do what I got to do. You, you need to quit using them old sayings of the world. Got to do what you had. Get that saying out of the world, out of your mouth. You don't need to do nothing unless God is telling you to do it. The steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. Don't just get them worldly sayings and say them as if that's right. That ain't right. 
That's demonic. Listen to this. You have to be constant in prayer. You have to be constant knowing that I'm, I'm just going to stay before the throne of God. Be, because see, when, before God rewards you, according to Hebrews 11 and 6, he's looking for faith. And he's looking for faith in the form of diligence. Hebrews 11 and 6, without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. God is looking for your diligence. He's looking for you to keep the faith even though circumstances are telling you it's not going to happen. Let me drop something on you. If it's in God's word, he's going to do it. If God promised it, he's going to do it. Why is that 2 Corinthians 1 and 20, all of the promises of God in him are yes and amen. Matthew 24 and 35, heaven and earth shall pass, but not God's word. Just keep living by God's word and watch God show up and show out. Do you believe it? Yeah. I'm done. Let's give the Lord a big hand of praise. Come on, let's put our hands together a little harder. Give God the praise. Thank you for listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. Please stop by our website for more information on our church at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Until next time, remember, Jesus came that you might have life and have it more abundantly.